Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. And remember, if you heard it on the internet, it absolutely, positively, 100% must be true. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly broadcast dedicated to all of us pipe smokers around the world. I'm your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from the floor of the Grand Old Opry. No, I'm just kidding. I'm in Nashville, though, at a uh, secret location, better known as Quietly in My Hotel Room, coming to you from, once again, Nashville, Tennessee, where this weekend... The uh, Southern Fried Pipe Club gathering, so if you're in Nashville, I'll be at uh, Uptown's on Saturday. Make sure and uh, stop by and see me. So, coming up tonight, we're going to talk about the classics a little bit. going to start digging into the classic pipes of days gone by. Yes, in the past I've talked about estate pipes that I thought were of value. Well, let's get into the classics, because I have a firm appreciation of the classics. My guest... Lawyer Jeffrey Weiner. Jeff is a lifelong pipe smoker, and I'm going to cross-examine the uh, defense attorney about a secret society of pipe collectors and pipe smokers. So we'll have that music, mailbag, rant, all the usual favorites, all coming up on tonight's show. On the home front, a couple of things of interest of late. Remember earlier in the summer I talked to you about the... uh, Tree frogs that like to come and hang out on my front porch, well, apparently the front porch has become the tree frog hangout for the neighborhood because in the past couple of nights now, we've had up to six little tree frogs at a time hanging out. And even more importantly, guess what I did? I've been poking around and looking for a very light English, a very light, light English that I could uh, smoke, and I'm uh, four bowls into one, and I've dedicated a pipe to it, and... Guess what? I found myself a Virginia Perique that's got a little bit of Syrian Latakia in it. Yeah, it's aged for about five years, and I got lucky to find it, but now I've got ten tins of it. I'm not going to tell you what it is, because you keep looking for your own mystery blends, but I finally found an English that I can smoke, and I'm enjoying it, and now I'm looking forward to some cooler weather so that I can uh, enjoy it even more. So, all right, everybody. Enough with that. Let's get the show going. Thank you to Sutliff Tobacco Company. Everybody fire up a bowl, sit back, relax. Here we go. I'm not just a pipe smoker. I'm a Meerschaum pipe smoker. All of my pipes come from MeershamStore.com. They've been in business for 50 years, and I can trust that there will be no hassles. Orders are processed and shipped fast, and they have every shape you can imagine, including calabash, claws, dragons, horror, even a sexy series. MeershamStore.com, the most trusted Meersham store for 50 years. Does anything beat relaxing on the patio or playing 18 holes with a fine cigar during the summertime? Kathy of Cup of Joe's has the place for you. Queensberry Cigar and Pipe. Enjoy their cigar lounge with three large screen TVs or a patio to soak in the rays. You have to check out their beautiful cedar-lined walk-in humidor and their huge selection of pipes to choose from. They even have fast delivery for those of you that are out of the area. Queensberry Cigar and Pipe, Route 9, Queensberry. On Facebook under Cup of Joe's Cigars and Pipes and the web at cupojoes.com. This is Internet Radio. 
and therefore it must be true. All right, we are back. In just a few minutes, my guest Jeff Weiner recorded this interview with him earlier because of the scheduling, so you'll get to hear that, and I'll get to sit back and relax with a drink while I listen to it. But in the meantime, in pipe parts, I wanted to talk about the classic pipes. Classic, what I mean by classic is the big British names that in the 1920s came into strength, came into power, 1930s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, and still some of the big names today. Previously, I talked about what I thought were good values on the estate market, but right now what I want to do is, over the next couple of weeks, talk to you about what I think are just some great old smoking pipes. And when I do that, I want to talk about the English the English factory pipes, and in no particular order, the ones I'm obviously going to talk about are Barling, Camoys, Sheraton, Dunhill, GBD, Sassini. Those are all just the absolute quintessential British pipes. In particular, I think it's important that we spend probably the first chunk of this one on Dunhill. Alfred Dunhill started making pipes as an accessory to the original motor car drivers. Alfred Dunhill's first company was called the Motorieties, and he made high-quality accessories for the first automobiles that were being sold. One of the things that he thought of was a pipe that had a raised front to it that would block the wind from blowing over the bowl. So it's called the windshield pipe, and you'll see it. These started out around the late 1910, uh, 1908, 1909, and you'll see some of the very early Dunhill patents as he starts to patent a couple of things. One, he patents the way that the bowls are oil-cured. And two, the other thing that he starts to patent at the same time is the windshield design, and then later on, the inner tube, which is the little metal tube that you get in every brand new Dunhill pipe. And really the idea behind the inner tube was, here's a way to, when the pipe gets dirty, pull that out, throw it away, put a brand new one in, and you had a new interior for the pipe. So the inner tube was one of Alfred Dunhill's patents. In my opinion, and... Warning, warning, warning. We are getting into my opinion here. There's two periods of Dunhill pipes, and I simplify it, and I know some people are going to get upset with me, but there's two periods to Dunhill pipes. And let's call them pre-World War II and the other one post-World War II that I want to focus on. Anything that is pre-World War II is going to be obviously 1941 or earlier, and that's when you see Dunhill starting to do things like uh, the Shell Briar early on. And what I think is really unique about Dunhill is that their Shell Briars were made from a specific source of wood that was harvested specifically to be a Shell Briar. The rumor is it's Algerian or Moroccan wood and specifically made to be a shell. The shell briar is not a second of a root briar or a briere. The root and the briere were sourced from different countries. So it's unique in its own way that it's not a second at all. It is designed that way and they specifically picked wood for it. 
The other thing you'll see them doing is they're starting to experiment with shapes, and those are evident in the early catalogs where you got some really cool designs and really interesting shapes. But they also started to define what was their classic shape and really work it. They, by the ninth, by the by the time World War II comes along, they're really they've worked on a couple of different dry systems. They've really fine-tuned the shaping of the pipes, and they've really come to understand what their customer wants. Now you go into post-World War II, and I'm going to take this one from 1946-47 through the end of the patents in 1955, and then all the way up to about 1978-79. This is an era where Dunhill pipes gained popularity in the United States, and abroad because now the United States is out of the depression we've got a lot of money we're doing we're doing well they start bringing pipes over here faster and faster so you start to see some new styles coming in uh, the tan shell comes in and again the tan shell is not a second of a smooth but it's that same source of wood that is brought in specifically to become a tan shell or a black shell briar you start to see them experiment with some other colors, like the red bark comes around, the uh, county or Cumberland comes around. And so you start to see them playing around and trying some new stuff. Now, and again, this is my opinion, something happens right around 1979, 1980, 81, and they kind of lose track of what they're doing, and you kind of see some strange shapes coming in. That continues all the way until about the year 2000, 2001 or 2, and I started to see them reshaping and coming up with some new stylish stuff. I haven't smoked a recent production Dunhill, so if any of you have any experience with the old ones versus the new ones, I'd love to hear it. Uh, the one thing that I do want to say, obviously, from collectability standpoint, anything early, like pre World War One is really rare. Anything between World War One and World War Two is really rare and rather expensive. Sometimes you'll see pipes from the 50s and 60s that are still uh, not real expensive compared to what the new ones are. So, there you go. There's my opinion. Now I'll get to uh, sit back and relax with a drink while you and I both listen to my discussion with Jeffrey Weiner in just a minute. I'm Mark from Ohio, and I've tried so many tobaccos, but I just still can't find something that is just magical, a tobacco that I can fall in love with. I mean, I've tried reading reviews online and participating in forum discussions only to get burned. When I was about to give up, I discovered this amazing matching system for finding my perfect blend at SutliftTobacco.com. That's how I found my perfect blend, and I just love it. Finding the right tobacco doesn't have to be hard. There are lots of tobaccos waiting for you to fall in love with them. Finding that special tobacco shouldn't be left up to chance. Experience the magic of compatibility with our patented Perfect Match system. Try it at SutlifeTobacco.com. Go to SutlifeTobacco.com right now and find your perfect blend. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. 
It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Please welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show, fellow pipe smoker, attorney at law, and got a couple of interesting things because you're going to be the first guest that we've ever been able to touch on some of these issues with, but please welcome Jeffrey Weiner. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Brian. Glad to be with you. Now, uh, no association at all to the New York congressman. That is correct. No association in any way. And you are in South Florida where there are no more pipe shops near you, so you couldn't have been out tweeting anyway. Yes, that's right. It's unfortunate, but uh, we ha- used to have some wonderful pipe shops here, but uh, unfortunately they're all cigar shops now. Pipe shops are a thing of the past in the Miami area. And that takes me to uh, when did you get started smoking a pipe? Well, I- I went to undergraduate school at the University of Miami, and that's where I got my first pipe. I got it as a gift from a a buddy of mine who uh, thought I would enjoy this pipe. So we went to a department store, got a pipe. It was made in St. Claude, France, but it was covered with this black suede. I still have the pipe. I have no idea who actually made it. There's no stamping that says... Uh, where, but it's, uh, I'm sure now, knowing what I know and having been to St. Claude on many occasions, it was probably a second of some sort, but they covered it beautifully with this black suede, and it's a good smoker, and it's a bent bulldog, and uh, that was my first pipe. Of course, I had no idea what I was doing, like most of us college kids didn't, so I got Royal Yacht from Dunhill, rich and really nice, but a little much for a beginning pipe smoker. And it just progressed from there. But as opposed to other pipe smokers, you started out your first tobacco was a Dunhill blend? Yes, that's right. Royal Yacht. It was rich and beautiful and uh, really nice. And I still remember at the University of Miami uh, where smoking was permitted, just like it was, I guess, everywhere back then. This was in the uh, late 60s, uh, 1966 uh, to be exact. And uh, I remember smoking in the dorm, and some people would come in and go, hey, that's cool, what is that? And others would go, oh, my God, this is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So sometimes things don't change that much, and that's still the way it is. But not so much with aromatic tobaccos that I really enjoy. Now, from that point on, were you a dedicated pipe smoker? Yes, I was, and uh, when I went to law school in Chicago at a wonderful, incredibly old and special law school, Chicago-Kent College of Law, which is part of the Illinois Institute of Technology, which is now celebrating its 125th year anniversary, I went to the great Iwan Rees. And when I went there, uh, it was beautiful. It was on two floors, not just on the second floor as it is now. It was spectacularly beautiful busy, and I remember uh, I had no money, but I spent the whole month's rent on on this Danish freehand pipe that I was convinced was the greatest pipe ever, and I loved it, and I smoked it all through law school. I got one more, and I, and I of course, still have those pipes as well. So I've been smoking pipes for many years, and uh, when I first got started in the pipe shows, it was with the late, wonderful, dear friend Barry Levin, and uh, Barry and I became friends along with Mike Butera. We traveled to Europe together. We went to pipe shows together. We just had a great time 
uh, in Europe. We met many of the, the great pipe makers, and I really got an inside education because Barry was really the beginning of, of pipes being sold by mail. Uh, he was spectacular. He made a lot of money for a lot of people, uh, young people making pipes, older established people. He made them affordable, collectible. He was great. He got into pipe tobaccos, and uh, he was absolutely instrumental in our pipe industry. He's, uh, he was a fantastic man. You're the, you're the first person that we've had on the show that's mentioned Barry, and I've heard of him. I never met him. Can you tell us the difference between current pipe shows and Barry's original shows? Well, I've been to the early ones, and I've been to all the current ones as well. And honestly, there isn't a big difference because pipe smokers are still excited to see great pipes and to meet and be with the great pipe makers. And the excitement that existed in the old days exists now even amongst real experienced pipe collectors and pipe smokers. And that's why it's so much fun. That's why we enjoy it. That's why we never get tired of it. That's why we don't hear, oh, I was at the pipe show last year. I don't need to go back. It's never that. It's always, last year was great. I wonder what new pipes will be there this year. And if you collect tabacchiana, of course, people like to go and see what's around and and uh, it's really special. But Barry started it. I remember he brought Sugi over from Japan and uh, Radice and Costello. And uh, and Barry was the sort of guy that if you got a pipe and you just didn't feel right or it wasn't right, no questions asked, he would take it back. And then others started doing the same, but never to the level of what Barry Levin did. And uh, unfortunately, Barry passed away in his mid-50s of a heart attack. A very young guy, a great guy, and uh, absolutely responsible, in my view, for uh, the success of the pipe-smoking shows and the market uh, in much the same way as um, uh, cigar aficionado and Marvin Shankin was in the much larger cigar field. Barry was the man when it came to pipes. Barry also helped uh, introduce some uh, some great tobaccos in his day, too. Yes, he certainly did. He certainly did. He got friendly with the manufacturers, spoke to them about uh, different blends that would work, uh, different types of tobacco, helped them with the marketing, made sure that they came to the shows, made sure that samples were given out so people could try them. Uh, Barry was great. He was great because, you know, before Barry came along, of course, there were pipe shops and really good tobacconists and some not so good, some knowledgeable, some not so knowledgeable. But people really weren't clued into buying the expensive pipes. And uh, Barry dealt in inexpensive pipes up to very expensive pipes. And uh, that's what he really got going in the hobby. I remember uh, many, many people collecting pipes that were selling for six, seven, eight hundred dollars, maybe a thousand, which back then was a lot of money for pipes, almost unheard of. The Danish pipe makers weren't really around. Only a few people know of, knew of them. And um, it, was, uh, it was a very interesting time. Talking about the pipe shows, the other thing that you've done is you've done a lot of the slow smoking contests and you've gone over to Europe representing the U.S. in the international competitions. Any advice for people that want to practice up for a, for a pipe smoking Well, I'll contest? tell you what. I've had the greatest time 
in these slow smoking contests. Uh, I have been all over the world with my wife and with my kids uh, representing the United States on our slow smoking uh, pipe uh, pipe team. The nicest people are on the team. We are welcomed. The pipe shows are fun and exciting, and in Europe, it's a really big deal. And the teams come in many, many times. There are many teams from each country, and they very often wear native dress. And so it's it really becomes fun. Like one year, we, we all wore cowboy stuff, and we figured that was about as American as it gets. And we all have the T-shirts from our team, et cetera. I remember in 1996, I won the slow smoking uh, contest in Chicago overall and for the and as an American. Uh, number two, about 20 minutes behind me was my dear friend Jackie Crane from St. Claude, France. Uh, and we we just had great times. I really got into it thanks to Tony Pasquale, who is also an international criminal lawyer, which is what I am as well. He's from Barcelona. And uh, Tony Pasquale is really the international ambassador of pipes. And uh, it's a great story how I met him, if you're interested. Yeah, please. I'd be glad to share it with you. Well, I, my wife and I got off a cruise in Barcelona. And uh, we had often heard of the Jimeno Pipe Shop, which was, from what we heard, world class. So we go around, and we're trying to figure out how to get there. And sure enough, my wife spots it. We go there, and it was absolutely world class with hundreds and hundreds of pipes from down below where you literally had to get on your hands and knees to look at them because they were just stacked up behind glass all the way up to the ceiling and you had to stand on uh, step stools or little ladders to actually see them and because they were behind glass you had to ask oh may i see this pipe may i see that pipe and my wife speaks fluent spanish and uh, this gentleman comes in in a three-piece suit. He's got his vest on. He's smoking a pipe. And he sees me and assumes I'm somewhat knowledgeable or at least very interested. And he goes to my wife and he says, excuse me, madam, I would like to meet this man. <laughs> my wife goes, all right, fine. Well, it turns out, as I mentioned, we're both criminal defense lawyers. We're both real pipe aficionados. And uh, we just hit it off. It turns out that there were several very well-known pipe makers who were coming into Jimeno later that day. So, of course, I met them all. We all went to lunch, and Tony and I have since become great friends. We've handled cases together, international criminal cases, very serious and significant cases. And uh, it, we go to pipe shows together and pipe contests together, and it's been an incredible friendship. So I love Tony. And he's the one who got me started with the slow smoking. And now to answer your initial question, do I have any advice? My advice is just do it. I know almost all the people that compete in these shows, and some take it seriously, some do it just for fun. But the bottom line is it's all about having fun. And everyone seems to have their own techniques for preparing the tobacco and for putting the tobacco in the bowls and for lighting. Some like to light it in the center, some all around, some just on the side. Uh, everyone's got their own techniques for tamping down and turning the tamper and taking the ash from the tamper and putting it on the paper. And uh, I'm not sure that there's a right answer because I've seen world champions go out as the number one person out in a contest. And I've seen people who've never been in a contest before do very well. And um, there, 
Technique certainly matters, but so does the pipe, so does the tobacco. Uh, there's so much involved. So my suggestion is just do it. It's a lot of fun. What's the longest you've lasted? I believe, uh, gee whiz, I should know exactly, and I don't. I think just an hour and 47 minutes, which really is nothing compared to the Europeans. But, again, it depends on the pipe and it depends on the, on the tobacco. So the year that I won in Chicago, uh, I was very surprised because, you know, all the top guys were there smoking away. And uh, I think a lot of it is just just good luck. It just happened the pipe was just right, the tobacco suited me. And uh, to win by 20 minutes, I, I couldn't believe it. I still remember sitting there when my friend Jackie Crane went out, and I was like, wow, I won this. This is great fun. And, you know, we're all friends. And, and believe it or not, there are a lot of people that sit there and watch it. I mean, you might think that a pipe smoking contest is about as exciting as watching paint dry. But actually, it's fun because people drink, people are smoking, people are laughing. And we all just have a good time. And nobody takes it seriously. I mean, you want to do well, of course. And nobody wants to be the first one out. But we just have a great time doing it. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk about a uh, little-known society of uh, pipe smokers. So we'll be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog and wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> in fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to SmokingPipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. <laughs> We are back. Jeff is still on the phone. Jeff, tell me, you are a member of the, and I might pronounce it incorrectly, but the Conferee of Pipe Smokers? That's correct. In St. Claude, France. I am a member. I'm honored to be a member. It was a big deal to me to to be invited to join. And, um, you know, St. Claude is the birthplace of Briar Pipes. It's the most amazing little town in France. Uh, we flew to Geneva and then drove. It's in the Jura Mountains. It's beautiful. And for a pipe smoker, it is a absolutely mandatory trip. You come into town and there are pipes painted uh, on the walls of buildings. When you go into the bakery, the cookies are in the shape of pipes. When you go into the chocolatiers, the little chocolate shops, the candies are in the shape of pipes. When you walk through the town, there are pipe shops all over. The pipe manufacturers are there. They have beautiful floral arrangement arrangements in the shape of pipes. And it's the nicest, cutest little town. And I would urge every single one of your listeners at some point, the sooner the better, go to St. Claude. It's an amazing place. 
How does one? And the conferee is amazing with a secret initiation ceremony uh, that is just absolutely wonderful, wonderful in every regard. It was very special, and uh, and I'm honored to be a member of the conferee. And, and go ahead, well, tell us all about the the initiation ceremony, and we'll wait. The details of the initiation, because it just wouldn't be proper to do so, because it is a secret ceremony. But suffice it to say that everyone is dressed up, and before you're initiated, uh, they request uh, information about you, and they want to know what kind of pipes you like. They want to know uh, what shape, the diameter of the bowl. They want to know the details of the pipe that you like. And don't you think they have uh, master pipiers, pipe makers, make pipes? Uh, that suit your specific specifications, wishes, and desires. And then the ceremony begins. I can't tell you details, but there's a knock on this special door. The people who are already in are dressed in special gowns and hats, and uh, we are invited in, and then the ceremony begins. Uh, Everyone inside sits on pipe-smoking chairs, which are like regular chairs turned backwards so in other words you're you're leaning against the back of the chair but the back of the chair is not high it comes to mid chest level and it has like a a little shelf there so you can rest your elbows or your forearms you can put your pipe tobacco your your pouch whatever it is your pipe cleaners matches etc right there and you can sit and lean forward and enjoy the action and uh, the ceremony is really, really moving and special and makes you realize that you're part of a very special uh, tradition of pipe smokers. How does one it's get... Great. It was great. How does one get chosen to be a member? Well, you can't apply, but members who are in, we look for people in the pipe hobby or business who are special, who really love collecting pipes, making pipes, or people in the pipe industry who are honorable and really care about what they're doing. And if the people are special, the name is presented, and if the members of the conferee agree and nobody objects, then that person is given an invitation to be initiated. You must be present, of course. You must go through the initiation. And uh, and it's a special thing. So for anyone listening, uh, if you're invited, uh, jump at the opportunity to take advantage of it. It's really special. Now, you mentioned the types of they, – they make a pipe for you that's specific to you. I yes, understand, two pipes. I understand you have a couple of pipes that were made specifically for you based off of your uh, your love of your alma mater. Yes, that's true. That is true. Now, these are not conferee pipes, but uh, my dear friend Tony Pasquale, who I told you about, uh, he knows that uh, we are very much into University of Miami, Miami Hurricane football. And the mascot for the University of Miami here in Carl Gables, Florida, is an ibis. It's a bird. And it's a bird smoking a pipe from the years when we were national champions many times, and our coach, Howard Schnellenberger, was a pipe smoker. Now, unfortunately, because of modern-day political correctness, the Ibis no longer smokes a pipe, although I have all sorts of memorabilia with the Ibis smoking the pipe. But in any event, Tony got 
photographs and other memorabilia when he came to Miami and stayed in our home with his family, and he gave it to a wonderful, wonderful pipe maker called Juan, J-O-A-N, Saladic, S-A-L-A-D-I-C-H. He's based in Barcelona. He is an amazing, world-class, spectacular pipe maker. And he made a pipe for me at Tony's request. I had no idea, of course, until I got it as a gift. But the most detailed, spectacular, unique, one-of-a-kind, smokable, of course, display pipe that I have ever seen. I mean, when Tony gave it to me, I was absolutely blown away by it. And um, it was amazing. So at one of the pipe shows... There were photographs taken of the of that pipe and one more that I'll be pleased to tell you about. And uh, Kevin took those uh, photographs and is going to put it on PipesMagazine.com since it's the beginning of the football season. And if you go to it, I only hope the photos came out in the detail that will allow your listeners to appreciate how spectacular that pipe is. It's amazing. And Miami's first game is coming up August 30th. Second game of the year is against our hated rivals, the University of Florida Gators. So I'll be smoking uh, these, this special pipe for those games. Uh, football in Florida. Oh, it's great. It's great. And I have another pipe. It's very interesting. And the first pipe that was made by Mr. Saladik, or Senor Saladik, the ibis is facing outward. So as you smoke the pipe, I'm looking at the back of the ibis's head. However, when we were in St. Claude for the conferee, I met a wonderful young pipe maker there by the name of Daniel Weiss. And I told him about the pipe that was made, and I happened to have brought some University of Miami memorabilia. I think I had a shirt, and I think a little license plate or something just to have with me to show my friends. And I asked him, could you make a pipe for me? And you make it the way you want. He said, absolutely. And about three months later, in the mail, comes this incredible pipe, completely different than the one made by Mr. Saladik, but every bit as good and unique and special and wonderful. And this time, the Ibis is actually facing me as the pipe smoker. <laughs> and uh, those are two amazing pipes that I hope your listeners will look on the magazine on the Internet and see the, the photographs. And that's just an idea of what master pipe makers can do for, for a team that you enjoy or a hobby or a sport or a profession or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that. Every pipe, in my view, doesn't have to be classically shaped or a, or a very conservative freehand. No, do what you like. Enjoy the hobby. Enjoy your pipes. Display them. Smoke them. That's what this hobby is all about, in my opinion. If the article's not up yet, I'll make sure and have Kevin pop a couple of those pictures into the show page for this episode. Fantastic. Wonderful. Now you've you've mentioned that you're a lawyer. There's also I am. A, don't hold that against me, please. No, no. I've been a lawyer for forty years, a criminal defense lawyer. No lawyer jokes here. Uh, I don't mind. Okay. Uh, what do they call a thousand lawyers at the bottom of the ocean? Uh, I'm not answering that. I'll take the fifth. Uh, a good start. Anyway, no. you've mentioned <laughs> there's also you're also part of a pipe club that's full of lawyers. Yes, as a matter of fact, we have a club 
called the uh, International Society of Lawyer Pipe Smokers. And we have members from literally all over the world, from Russia, from Poland, from the Czech Republic, from Italy, from Spain, from the United States, Canada, and on and on. And, um, and we have our own logo. We had a very, very unique and special pipe made by our dear friend Luigi Viprati, who is one of the great Italian pipe makers, uh, someone who really appreciates Briar, who goes out into the field and selects the Briar himself and then watches as the Briar is cut, as it's boiled, and then selects the Briar. Uh, he ages it, and he made the pipes for us. Each pipe, as every Viprati pipe, is spectacular. It's beautiful. It smokes beautifully. And then each year the members take it upon themselves. Nobody assigns any tasks, but we all care so much for each other and for our little group that we have aprons with the logo, hats with the logo, pins, decals. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> everyone does something just for fun for the association. So uh, it's we don't do much other than get together and eat and drink and laugh and enjoy each other's company as we smoke our pipes, but that's our little group. If there's a lawyer listening that wants to become a member, how do they do that? All they have to do is contact me. Uh, they can uh, go to my website, jeffweiner, W-E-I-N-E-R dot com, and uh, they can just send me an email or something, and I'll be more than happy to uh, give them all the information. It's really great. It's great fun. And, of course, that's what this whole hobby is about. It's fun. And, you know, you can have fun with a, a $30 pipe that you've had for 50 years, or, you know, it's, you can spend an unlimited amount on fancy pipes or certain shapes or certain makers or pipes from certain countries. And, you know, you do it any way you want. Nobody cares. Only you care. And you can show off your pipes or not. Uh, and just have fun. That's what it's all about, with good tobacco and good pipes and support the hobby and support the pipe makers. And we're getting many, many more pipe makers, especially young pipe makers, not only from the United States, but, but all over the world that are unbelievable in their talent. I mean, if you go to the pipe shows, you see things that you'll never, ever see, even in the best pipe shops. Unique pipes that you wonder how someone could be so incredibly talented, because these are really works of art that you can smoke and hold and enjoy, but they're they're, they're just amazing. And you know, there are many pipe smokers that don't even, I mean, pipe collectors that don't smoke some of the pipes they get. They just like to look at them and feel them and hold them because they're beautiful. They are works of art, no question about it. Now, you've been a lawyer for 40 years, a criminal defense lawyer. Uh, any, fun, uh, any fun lawyer stories? Oh, I've had uh, the most wonderful career. I've been the president of the National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers and the Florida Association, and I've argued before the United States Supreme Court, and I've handled cases all over the world, and... Uh, it's just been a, it's great because I defend the Constitution and the Bill of Rights every day of my life. And uh, it's an honor and a privilege to do that, and it's great. And, and speaking of pipe smoking and, and our community, an amazing thing happened to me, uh, and that is uh, courtesy of Mike McNeil from McClellan Tobacco Company in Kansas City, Missouri. I've seen Mike at the pipe shows for many years, and we always stop and say hello, and we chat. 
but we're we've never socialized we've never spent time together but we've known each other for years and years well uh, a couple of months ago just out of the blue i get this big box open it up and their special tin tobacco called the Jeffrey S. Wiener Reserve Pipe Tobacco that Mike McNeil at McClellan's made for me. He knows I smoke a certain type of aromatic tobacco, and he uh, came up with his own blend, and it's spectacular, and he made a special label. I had no knowledge that he was doing it. He wrote on it, um, uh, with this blend, McClellan salutes the defender, the shield of justice, and then on the back of the label he wrote other really flattering and nice comments but my point is wow i mean when does that happen where somebody does that for you just because we're into pipes and he appreciates the the fact that i do defend the constitution and the bill of rights every day and it's beautiful it was wonderful and special and it happens to be great tobacco as all the mcclellan blends are and uh that's the story so i wanted to share that with you uh, when you asked about the profession, he appreciates the profession, and of course, so does everyone when they're charged with a crime. A lot of people say, oh my God, how can you defend people accused of crimes, and uh, how can you do that? And of course, once they're charged, and it can happen to anyone, they quickly say, wow, thank goodness there are lawyers there who will fight for me. And uh, I couldn't be happier with my profession and with my pipes, and uh, life is good. I was just wondering if maybe Mike owed you some money for helping him out. <laughs> he was never a client. He owes me nothing. I owe him, as a matter of fact, because he's been so kind to me. So with that, we'll wrap it up, because I want to get into the Fast Five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, short or long, doesn't matter. Are you ready? I'm ready. Because I really want to know, what's your favorite pipe? Oh, boy, that... That one is almost impossible to answer, but I have uh, amazing smoking pipes by Luigi Viprati that are spectacular, wonderful, fantastic, and great. I also have some Costellos that are fantastic, and uh, oh, I have so many pipes. That question, as all your listeners know, is almost impossible to answer because different pipes at different times are the best smoking pipes. Boy, there's a lawyer's answer for you. <laughs> it's true. What's your favorite tobacco? My favorite tobacco is uh, actually two tobaccos. Number one, the Jeffrey S. Wiener Reserve Pipe Tobacco from McClelland, which is really a wonderful, wonderful blend. And this Molte Dolce blend that came out about a year or two ago from Sutliff Tobaccos. Uh, Paul Creasy is a friend of mine who runs Saltlip Tobaccos. He's, he's a great guy, and this blend is, in my opinion, the finest aromatic, along with the McClellan blend, and also uh, there's a Peach Melba blend that Tinderbox sells made by Paul Creasy's company. That's fantastic as well. So those three, Multi um, Dolce, McClellan's, Jeffrey S. Wiener Reserve, and Peach Melba from Tinderbox. And by the way, speaking of the conferee, when you're initiated, they tell a little bit about each person, their personal life, professional life, and their pipe life. And when uh, they announced the aromatic tobaccos uh, that I have mentioned to you, although McClellan's blend wasn't around then, uh, they all started laughing because they rarely smoke 
aromatic blends, and they thought it was very funny that uh, the American inductee smokes that. So I just wanted to share that with you. But for those listeners who enjoy aromatic tobaccos like so many, maybe most of us do, don't be ashamed because they're fantastic. I smoke some of these English blends, and uh, I, they're just not for me. And uh, I, I light up some Latakia, or as the, my European friends call it, Latakia. And uh, my wife can't wait to run out of the house or actually throw me out of the house. So <laughs> don't be ashamed to smoke whatever you like. If she threw you out of the house, I'm sure you could find a good divorce attorney. <laughs> That'll never happen. What's your favorite drink? Favorite drink? Oh, there's a, a great gin on the market called Hendrix, and it's made with uh, rose petals and cucumber, and it's uh, an amazing gin that I discovered in Scotland two summers ago. And I was there with my wife and my four sons. One's in law school. One's a cadet at West Point. One's a baseball pitcher, a submarine pitcher at the University of Tampa. And one's a senior at Riverside Military Academy in Gainesville, Georgia, where I went and all my boys went to prep school. And uh, we all went on this trip, and someone said, you've got to try this gin, and I wasn't a big gin drinker, but now it's fantastic. What's your favorite thing to do while smoking your pipe? I would say uh, being on the Internet and looking at pipe sites and, uh, and reading and preparing cases. When I prepare a case, I spend a lot of time. I've got to focus and concentrate, and uh, when I light up a nice pipe, it's, it's a pleasure. I also smoke in, in my vehicle. And, and I like that because it's peaceful and nice, and it, it, the pipe smoke doesn't offend or bother anybody, and, uh, and it's great. Last but not least, do you have a specific favorite place to smoke your pipe? No, you know what? The beauty of a pipe is you can take it with you, and wherever you are and you light up, it makes that place special. Whether it's, uh, you know, at a hotel balcony somewhere or, you know, just outside somewhere when the weather is cool, unlike Miami most of the time. And it just makes wherever you are nice. So my favorite place is where I am when I have the pleasure of smoking a pipe. We ride motorcycles. We rode all through Wyoming and uh, South Dakota. We went to Mount Rushmore and Yellowstone. And when we take a break and we just relax and I get to light up that pipe, it's spectacular and wonderful. And with that, we'll wrap it up and say thank you very much for joining us. Keep up the uh, keep up the good work. Thank you, Brian. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate what you're doing uh, for our pipe smoking community. I love listening to the radio show, and I love the site, and I appreciate what Kevin is doing with PipeMagazines.com. Thank you so much for calling me. Thank you, and we'll be back in just a minute. I'm Mark from Ohio, and I've tried so many tobaccos, but I just still can't find something that is just magical, a tobacco that I can fall in love with. I mean, I've tried reading reviews online and participating in forum discussions only to get burned. When I was about to give up, I discovered this amazing matching system for finding my perfect blend at SutliftTobacco.com. That's how I found my perfect blend, and I just love it. Finding the right tobacco doesn't have to be hard. There are lots of tobaccos waiting for you to fall in love with them. Finding that special tobacco shouldn't be left up to chance. Experience the magic of compatibility with our patented Perfect Match system. Try it at SutliffTobacco.com. Go to SutliffTobacco.com right now and find your perfect blend. 
There's nothing quite like a good book, or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. We are back here in Nashville, and I want to apologize to Jeff and to all of you. I had some problems, got some corrupt data in that file, so that's why there were some uh, audio dropouts. Again, that was pre-recorded a couple of weeks ago, and apparently a little uh, bug or virus or something got inside there and nibbled on the file, so I did my best to fix it, and that's what you got. But anyway, what a passionate guy about pipe smoking. God, you can just hear him light up when he talks about all the world of pipe smoking. So, all right, for music, for music, had a special request or had a request a couple weeks ago for some Stevie Ray Vaughan, and I found some. So, here we go, a little, uh, little Texas blues. <laughs>
if I could play a guitar like that, you wouldn't have this little radio show to listen to each week. I'd be out performing every night I had a chance. Three little words. You got mail. Let me get caught up on a couple of mailbag things real quick. Uh, Scottso asked about the bulks versus the tins. If the same blend comes in bulk and tin, is it kind of the single malt versus the blended? Yeah, I think so. I think the best stuff ends up in a tin, and uh, I think by having it in a tin, it really does help keep it uh, aging and keep it marrying together. Uh, Frank Burla, the museum... Yeah, don't try to go, if you're uh, heading to Chicago for during the Chicago Pipe Show time, don't try to go. Frank's really busy with the Pipe Show and with all that stuff. If you want to see Frank's museum, send him an email, and you'll have to do it some other time around the Pipe Show time in May. Just too crazy. Too crazy. Uh, he also has no intentions whatsoever of doing a video tour or putting the entire 90-plus thousand pieces online. And last but not least, real quickly, Regis McCafferty, fellow pipe smoker and author, has a brand new book out. The book is called The Nude on the Cigarette Case. And it features uh, Regis's pipe smoking private investigator mystery. So check that out. I believe it is available at uh, Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. All right, everybody. Rant time coming up next. This is Internet Radio. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. Cowboy. Cowboy. Smokers have been kicked to the curb, yeah, kicked to the curb, and smoking sections have been pushed out further and further away from the entrances to buildings, entrances to malls and restaurants. That's fine, that's fine by me. Alright, so you want to push us out and push us out further and further, but some of us, like pipe and cigar smokers, we might want a bench to sit on. How about putting a bench out there? Instead, a smoking section nowadays is just some sort of an ashtray or one of those portable little stands and you stick the cigarette in there and away it goes. No, how about if you put a bench and maybe some sort of a cover? An umbrella would be nice. How about that? Well, here's what I'm going to do. I am going to make myself available, for a small fee, available to any business that wants advice on how to treat smokers better. You want to attract pipe and cigar smokers, people that have disposable income? You want to attract them to your restaurant, to your business, whatever it is? Email me. Call me. Brian at PipesMagazine.com. I will help you put together a smoking area that is by law legal and also comfortable for all of us smokers that might want to come to your business instead of just calling it a corner ashtray out there in the rain or in the sun whatever it is i'm available to you i can help you out i can make 
smokers happier at your place of business. I can guarantee you it'd be awfully nice if I was out at the mall with the family and I had a nice park bench to sit down on outside. I'd be out there for 20-30 minutes. That would let my family wander through the mall just a little bit longer and possibly spend a little bit more of your money. In fact, that's one of my favorite things to do when I go to Disneyland or Disney World is to find one of the smoking sections, sit down on a bench, hope the weather's nice, grab a drink, let the family go off and do their own thing, and I sit there for 20 or 30 minutes and people watch. That's one of the reasons why I like going to Ikea, because you can sit outside at their little smoking section under the cover and watch the show of the people packing up and loading their cars. Well, there you have it. There's the rant. Hey, next week, anniversary show. Keep sending me those letters of your favorite comments or your favorite moments from shows of the past. It's brian at pipesmagazine.com. Follow me on Facebook. To all my Jewish brothers and sisters out there, I wish you all a happy and prosperous and healthy new year. Keep those iTunes reviews and ratings coming. We do appreciate them all. Stop by and see me in uh, Nashville at Uptowns on... Coming up this Saturday. So, with all that big show coming up next week, I'll say thank you for tuning in. Thank you to Sutliff Tobacco Company. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails Set a spell. Take your shoes off. Y'all come back now. Here.